Our final scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 10 through 18. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1686. 1686. John chapter 20, verses 10 through 18. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Thus ends our reading of God's infallible word. He is risen. Who is it that you are looking for? That was a question that Jesus asked. There are many different reasons that people come to church on Easter morning. Many of you come here every Sunday, and so this Sunday is just like any other. Others, others of you, you're visiting family members, and so you are here because of them. Some of you have been invited by a friend. And so you came out of peer pressure, maybe, or just plain curiosity. But I'm willing to guess that a few of you that are here today, you came because you were looking for someone. You want to know more about this Jesus. You're looking for, for answers. Who is this man? Who is it you are looking for? Just a week prior to the story I just read, this, this Jesus was lauded by the people with shouts of Hosanna as he entered into Jerusalem. A lot can happen in a week. The chief priests and the, and the Pharisees finally got their way, and this Jesus had now been crucified. 
Just as Caiaphas had prophesied, this one man died so that the whole nation would not perish. When Caiaphas said these words, he was thinking about the Romans. But the Romans were not the real threat. You see, the, the, the death of Jesus was not carried out to appease some earthly power. No. For we know that, that Pilate found no fault in this Jesus. He was not worried about this, this man leading a rebellion against Rome. In fact, the only reason that, that Pilate allowed Jesus to be crucified was because he feared that these religious leaders would be the ones who would stir up a riot. Look at John chapter 19, verse 12. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jews kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. So, we see that the death of Jesus was not brought about to appease some earthly power. Rather, for the, rather the reason for his death was to satisfy the wrath of God Almighty. God forsook his own son to be beaten and nailed to a cross in order to pay the penalty for the sins of mankind. In order to pay for your sins. It is only through the death of Jesus that you can find forgiveness with God. And it is only in His name that you can have eternal life. This, this is why Jesus had to die. So that you might live. But death on a cross is not the end of this story. From John's Gospel, we find out as well that, that Joseph of Arimathea received permission from Pilate to bury Jesus' body. So he and a Pharisee named Nicodemus wrapped Jesus in the burial cloth and laid him in a new tomb. Look at, look at John chapter 19, verse 40. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Now these tombs were different than our modern, modern day graveyards. People didn't dig holes in the ground. Instead, tombs like this would be cut out of the stony side of a cliff. Now this tomb would, would have been large enough for a, for a person to enter in. Needless to say, it would have taken a lot of work to prepare such a burial place. Only a rich man could, could afford a grave like this one. The body of the, the recently deceased would have been laid on a bench, allowing time and nature to do its work as the flesh would decay, leaving only the bones. At some later date, these bones would be collected into a small ossuary box and then stored within that same tomb. 
In this way, many family members would be able to rest together in the same grave. Once Jesus' body had been laid within that tomb, a great and heavy stone would have been rolled over the entrance in order to seal it, keeping the body safe, keeping out animals, and hopefully thieves. But from this story, we also see that this tomb was in the midst of a garden. Gardens at the time of Jesus were often places of solace and rest. The larger ones were more like orchards. They would, they would typically have fruit-bearing trees, providing both shade and refreshment. And in these large gardens, there was a lot of work to be done. So often a gardener would need to be hired to tend to its care. I find it very fitting that our Lord's tomb would be within a garden. After all, it was, it was in a garden where all our troubles began. When Adam took a bite of that fruit so long ago. It was, it was in a garden where sin and death and the devil entered into our world. So what better place to see such troubles be done away with than in a garden? Fast forward to Sunday and, and we see this woman, Mary Magdalene, a disciple, a follower of Jesus, going to this tomb. Look at John 20, verses 1 through 9. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. An empty tomb and confusion as to why. We're only told that John, this, this disciple whom Jesus loved, he saw and he believed. But as we'll soon see, Mary did not yet understand. For she would remain by the tomb looking for the dead. Look at verses 10 and 11. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Peter and John had fled the scene, leaving Mary all alone. 
She did not want to leave the grave, so she just stood there weeping. As if, as if the grief of, of, of the death of her Lord wasn't enough. Now someone had desecrated the tomb by taking his body away. How long she just stood there, we don't know. But as anyone who has lost a loved one can attest, time seems to lose its meaning around death. It's like walking in a dream. Everything is strange and surreal. But time does move forward. And finally, Mary wakes from her trance. She reached down deep within and stirred once again. Look at our next verses. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Mary was not alone. Who were these men dressed in white? The text says that they were angels, but Mary did not yet know this. Could they have possibly had something to do with the absence of Jesus' body? But before she could ask, they spoke to her. Look at verse 13. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. Woman, why are you crying? I've been to many funerals over the years, and, but I have yet to go to one where no one is crying. Death brings about a, a sadness that we cannot escape. People tend to want to cling on to the past because they know that the, that the future will never be the same. For tomorrow holds a void that cannot be ignored. This might be the reason why Mary did not want to leave that empty tomb. I mean, how could she move forward unless the past was buried? They had taken her Lord away. And until he is returned, she is frozen in time. Let me put forth a question to you. How have you dealt with your losses? Are you stuck in the past? Are you unable to move forward? Do your times of sorrow outweigh your times of joy? When you see death, are you without hope, thinking that this, this is the end? There's nothing else. Dear friends, without hope, one can get mired in the past, holding on to things that are already gone. But Christ, He shows you a way to move forward. And we'll see this as our story continues. Look at verse 14. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it 
you are looking for. Maybe her eyes were blurred from all her tears. Maybe the the impossibility that Jesus could be alive prevented her from seeing her Lord. Whatever the case, Mary was blind to the truth. But this question was posed to her once again. Woman, why are you crying? And it was followed by another. Who is it you are looking for? Jesus goes right to the heart of the matter. You see, he knows exactly what what caused Mary's grief. Why she was frozen in time. She was looking for someone that could not be found. Particularly that morning. Because she was looking for the dead. Let's see how she answered. Look at the end of verse 15. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Mary was looking for her Lord in order to put him to rest. She wouldn't be able to move on until he was found. She was searching for the dead among the living. And yet, the the very one she hopes to find is standing right before her. Supposing him to be a gardener, she still cannot see. You see, she is too caught up in looking at the past, looking for the dead, that she is unable to see the living. This question that our Lord asked of Mary is a question for you as well. Who is it you are looking for? Why did you come to church today? Who is this Jesus that you seek? Was he just a man who was buried in a tomb? Just a, just a pile of bones kept safely hidden away in an ossuary box somewhere? Or is he more than that? Is he the one who defeated death, bringing victory over sin and the devil to all who trust in him? Is he the God-man who is alive and well, seated on his throne, ruling from the heavens? This question that was before Mary is the same question that is before you. Who is it you are looking for? You may spend your life searching for answers. You may go to great lengths trying to find meaning. But you'll come up empty unless you see the risen Christ. And this is exactly who Mary saw. In a a moment of time, in a hair of a fraction of a second, Mary no longer sought a dead man because she heard his voice. With a single word, everything changed. Look at verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary, 
Just one word was needed to lift the scales from her eyes. Mary! The calling of her name. It was by His voice that she woke from her slumber and was finally able to see. John 10, verse 3. The watchman opens the gate for Him, and the sheep listen to His voice. He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. When He has brought out all His own, He goes on ahead of them, and His sheep follow Him because they know His voice. This word that has become flesh now speaks the name Mary. And she knows His voice and goes to Him. Look at the end of verse 16. She turned toward Him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Tears of sorrow turned to tears of gladness as this woman affectionately cried out, Rabboni. The sting of death had been overcome by the joy of resurrection. She no longer looked for death. Rather, she was clinging to life. Let me ask you, if Christ called you by name, would you recognize His voice? If He was standing right before you, would you know who He is? You see, the, the, the only true path from death to life is through Jesus. Brothers, sisters, when, when, when you are confronted by death, the voices of sorrow and loss, they have the power to overwhelm you. Many today walk around with no hope. They see death as final. There's nothing more. But Christ has risen from the grave. Death could not hold Him. It is through His victory that we, we as Christians, can be assured of our own. That is why the Apostle Paul can confidently say, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in, as in Adam, all die. So in Christ, all will be made alive. This is your hope if you trust in Christ. That His victory is your victory. And in this, you should have great joy. Who is it that you are looking for? Stop looking for the dead and turn to Christ. Trust in Him. But our story doesn't end in simple trust. Jesus gives instruction as well to all who have found Him. To this woman 
who was clinging to him. Look at our last two verses. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Jesus' time on this earth would be short. He would soon ascend to his Father in heaven. So he commanded Mary to go and tell this good news. Now that she believed, she must be that first witness. And this is exactly what she did. She sought out Peter and John, that disciple whom Jesus loved, and all of the disciples. And she told them, I have seen the Lord. If you have, have found this risen king, then, then like Mary, you are to go into the world and give testimony to what you have seen. That Jesus is alive and well. And that by believing in Him, you may have life in His name. There are many out there today whom you can ask the question, Who is it you are looking for? Introduce them to Jesus, your risen King. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful for your Son and the, and the gift that He has given to us. Not only did He die for our sins, but then He rose from the dead, bringing about victory. Victory for all who trust in Him. This is our hope. That one day we, we too will rise from the dead and have life eternal in Your presence. Guide us by your Holy Spirit as we turn from death to life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.